From sunny Minnesota, this is the Polaris Podcast, brought to you by the Polaris Help Center. I am Joe Zemer, and I am not an expert. But luckily, I'm going to be joined by two of them today, because today we're tackling an important and sometimes confusing subject, and that's making adjustments to the suspension on your snowmobile. And helping us better understand the why and the how of suspension adjustments will be Polaris staff engineers Matt Prusak and Mike Hedlund. So before you start making adjustments to your sled suspension setup, listen to this conversation. An important topic like suspension adjustments requires a couple of all-star guests, and that's exactly what we've got assembled today. So before we get too deep into suspension, let's meet our guests. Gentlemen, would you mind introducing yourselves quick and telling us about your jobs at Polaris? Yeah, my name is Matt Prusak. been with Polaris uh, for about 15 years, staff engineer for chassis, suspension, and steering, and uh, fuel systems as well. I uh, work with a talented team uh, to engineer those systems. And hi, I'm Mike Hedlund. Uh, I've been at Polaris for quite a few years. I am a staff development engineer, work on vehicle setups and tuning, and a few other various parts of the vehicle. All right, let's get into it. And let's start at a high level. Before we start discussing suspension adjustments, what should riders know from a safety standpoint and from a factory setting standpoint? I I can take that one, Mike. I mean, really at a high level, before we start talking about kind of the nuts and bolts and tuning a suspension to optimize it, I think the biggest thing that's important to talk about is safety. Like you said, Joe, we're dealing with high-performance vehicles, right, um, that are fast. Uh, we're operating in environments and on trail systems where we're not only talking about the safety of the operator, but also of potentially passengers, other people on the trail, uh, et cetera. So, you know, safety's got to be the number one discussion when we're talking about adjusting anything on a snowmobile. You know, and, and before... You operate a snowmobile, and especially before you begin changing anything on a snowmobile, we really encourage uh, our customers to read their owner's manual. Of course, um, you know it's it's very important to to make sure that you understand the how the vehicle is set up from the factory and how that relates to your your weight, uh, your anticipated cargo. Um, and understand knobs that you can turn. And and we spend a good chunk of time working on that manual, putting in a bunch of good bits to help our customers get the best experience from their ride, uh, but but also stay safe. So the other thing I just kind of mentioned, Mike, you can probably hit on this, is we set up our vehicle kind of for the center of our target audience. and. Generally, it's set up pretty well out of the box. Um, there are excursions, um, but uh, we set the vehicle up so that out of the factory, it is inherently safe, but it's important to read your manual and understand some of those critical aspects if you are on the higher low side of uh, the weight range, for example, um, from an operator weight perspective. You may need to make some changes before you even ride. Uh, the other thing I'd just say in terms of safety is uh, every time you're you're making a change, um, you're probably going to want to start riding slowly at first and to 
to evaluate the effect of the change. Uh, you wouldn't want to make a suspension change and then go 100 miles an hour into the first corner, right? That'd be a bad practice. So read your manual, make small adjustments, and evaluate them slowly until you gain comfort. I always like to encourage people um, before they start making changes to make sure you're in somewhat of a controlled environment and on a familiar trail. Um, the last thing you want to do is go make a adjustment and then um, a mile down the trail that you're unfamiliar with, find a event that uh, might uh, hurt you or cause an accident. And the other thing about the factory settings is uh, a lot of times what we find is people are struggling with how their vehicle is working. And um, uh, somebody may have inadvertently turned a, a knob or adjusted a spring, um, maybe at a dealership or before you took ownership of the vehicle. So uh, the first thing we encourage people to do when they get a, a, a vehicle that's new to them is to go into the owner's manual and set everything for the factory settings or where we intended it to be when we built it. And that's the, the best place to start from before you start tuning. Well, let's define some terms then. When you guys are talking about ride versus handling, what do you mean by those terms? Uh, so when we're referring to ride, we're, we're talking about how the vehicle performs as you're going through bumps. Uh, probably a term that a lot of people hear is bottoming out. So if your vehicle is bottoming out in bumps or if it's maybe just harsh and, and making it uncomfortable through some smaller bumps, that that's ride. Um, and handling refers to how a vehicle goes around a corner or um, does it have too much ski pressure? Maybe does it wheelie a little bit too much when you accelerate or it doesn't wheelie as much as you'd like? Th those are things we refer to when we're talking about handling. You have anything to add, Matt? Yeah, I, I think that nails it. I mean, ride is, is, is a, like you said, it, it's talking about bumps, how it traverses bumps. Handling is how the vehicle handles. Um, sometimes people... You might be familiar with oversteer versus understeer. Understeer may be you're coming in, uh, it's defined as you're coming into a corner and you're turning the bars and the vehicle just doesn't feel like it wants to bite and come around the corner. It's, it, it's trying to almost drive off the end of the corner, right? It's not, the steering is not precise enough. Oversteer is, is a condition where the steering is almost too precise you begin to turn and the rear of the vehicle kind of steps out on you. And, you know, that might mean there's different adjustments for both of those handling attributes, right? And I'm, I'm sure we'll go through those, but, you know, how is it steering? Generally handling. How does it feel as you're hitting bumps? That's ride. Okay, well, let's start with ride then. Which adjustment should we be making when it comes to ride? Ride and handling are, we try to separate those and the biggest thing that you need to understand with ride is the type of vehicle that you're driving and if those adjustments are even available. Uh, we sell snowmobiles that vary quite a bit and some some vehicles are adjustable and some aren't. Uh, our Indy VR1, as an example, is a premium suspension and has a significant amount of adjustment on all four shocks. What we refer to as clickers and those clickers adjust the damping ratio of the shock which is a speed-sensitive adjustment. Um, and that's why we, we focus on ride adjustments with tuning the damper itself with clicker adjustments. Um, okay. Some of our products don't have those clickers, right, Mike? That's correct. Um, what, what, the way I like to always start is thinking about, I want to make the vehicle as soft as I can. 
without allowing it to bottom because that'll allow you to kind of maximize the suspension performance and to kind of decide which shock I want to um, adjust. I think to myself, okay, which, which one or which part of my body is, is being affected. For instance, the ski shocks, uh, most of the feedback you get into the vehicle through the ski shocks, you feel through your hands and your wrist. And then you move towards the center of the vehicle. And if you can feel bumps that are harsh or you're bottoming out and you feel it in your feet and ankles, that's generally the center shock on the vehicle. We call it the front track shock. And then if you're taking them with your back, um, that's the rear track shock. And each one of those can be adjusted stiffer or softer um, to get the ride to work really good in different conditions. Um, generally, if it's bottoming out, you make it, I think their shocks say harder or softer. So you'd make them harder if the vehicle is bottoming out. And if it feels like it's just too harsh and uh, you're kind of getting beat up, then you can turn them softer. And um, each one of those shocks will work for kind of each one of those body parts for different conditions. Yeah, and I'd say just to add there, I mean, it's a common pitfall, right? Um, you might have a, a customer who's bottoming out and and immediately go and start adjusting springs, right? And that's we generally keep ride and handling split up. And if we've got a, a ride issue, we're talking about adjusting the damper and uh, with quicker settings and and. We see a lot of customers making that mistake, and you're making a trade-off as you as you change the wrong component. And it, it sometimes can get a little confusing. A lot of times, if uh, the vehicle balances off, when we talk about handling and springs, we're talking about vehicle balance. But if, if you're just a larger rider and your vehicle is just starting out, ridden in way too far sitting way too low you can get fooled and and thinking that's a problem with your with your shocks and and really what that is is you didn't go in and adjust the springs for your ride height to get the vehicle sitting where it was supposed to be to begin with um, so that's where people get really confused um, but for the most part if if you're getting beat up or it's too soft or too firm the first place you need to go is to the the clickers on the shocks yeah and that that really speaks to kind of the order to do things you in your manual speak to that too you generally are getting your ride height set first uh, and your ride you know then that's uh, affecting and setting the vehicle at the proper balance um, so that it has proper safe handling you know that's your first step and you tune ride second and the mix you know the, the problems can arise when you're making ride adjustments without first setting your your handling and the balance of the vehicle with springs or vice versa right so it's 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 a process you want to definitely step through uh, one at a time okay let's turn to handling then and what are some of the adjustments you want to talk people through about when it comes to handling really the the handling adjustments are relate to we talked about the clickers being the primary tuning element for ride the spring is the primary tuning element for handling we talk about that. I mean, we're assuming first that you've gone in your manual and if you need uh, lighter springs or heavier springs that you've read that and you've already made those adjustments. But really, when we talk about making adjustments for handling, we're talking about changing the preload values of springs across the vehicle. And, uh, you know, what the, the one spring that we, we strongly encourage you to start with and focus on is 
is the rear spring on indie type products, switchback assaults. Those might be torsion springs. There's an adjustable adjustable cam inside of the suspension you can turn with with a spark plug wrench. Uh, relatively easy adjustment. Uh, other vehicles, um, maybe a coil spring where you need to change the amount of preload. But really, as you increase or decrease the preload on that rear spring, you're changing the vehicle balance and you're affecting how much weight is is spread across the vehicle, but particularly on the skis. You know, increased ski pressure will change handling. Uh, decreased pressure will change it as well. So you've got to understand how how comfortable you are navigating a corner safely. Um, some of those questions that Mike, you know, talked about earlier, is it, is it steering too heavy as I come around a corner or is it not biting enough? Um, generally, if it's steering too heavy, you might have too much ski pressure, um, in which case you'd, you'd go and reduce torsion spring or rear track shock preload. Conversely, if there's not enough ski pressure, you may increase it. Uh, so spring preload is, is the primary adjustment for handling. Obviously, all of our springs, uh, you can adjust the preload on, but I would call that kind of a more advanced handling tuning technique, right, Mike? Yeah, probably the next thing that I would recommend people adjust, and that, that, that's the front track shock spring. And generally speaking, you use that to control tip-up in corners. So if you're, if you're really struggling with a vehicle that's, that's tipping up in the corner, uh, we recommend going in and to the uh, front track shock spring and and turning some preload out of it, so softening it up essentially. And the the trade-off there though is you're you're going to gain some steering effort, and you might gain a little bit of dartiness on the trails on the straightaways. Uh, but that that's a little bit more complex, a little bit harder to adjust. Usually, it's a tough one to go adjust on the trail. You kind of got to adjust it when it's uh, the vehicle's thought out, maybe in your shop. Um, and then, and then third of all is, uh, the IFS shocks or the ski shocks, some people call them, uh, those kind of, the adjustments on those for the preload really affect like how stiff it feels when it goes around a corner or how it resists rolling in the corner. So if you come into a corner and it really feels like the, the vehicle is kind of rolling and you don't like that feel, you can, you can add preload to the ski shocks, um, in just small increments. And when you when you adjust the ski shocks, you want to always make sure that the vehicle is jacked up and lifted off the ground, uh, because if you remove too much preload, the the springs will become loose and uh, it will damage your shocks. Yeah, I think that's a good one for really any time you're you're turning preload on a, on a vehicle is to ensure that at a minimum, if you're talking about a coil spring, we like to see what is it like a quarter inch of preload minimum on the spring to keep the retainer engaged. That's correct. If you do happen to be um, tuning in your shop, it, it's always recommended to take all the weight of the vehicle off the spring. It just makes them way easier to adjust. You can you can do it in the field too, tipping the vehicle on its side or having a buddy lift on a bumper or something like that. Matt, you did hit on this earlier, but let's emphasize this. How do the types of adjustments that are available to me or other riders vary from model to model? Yeah, you bet. Polaris has a, a pretty wide portfolio of snowmobiles. Uh, we pride ourselves on our ride and handling. That said, there are different trim levels of vehicles across our portfolio, and we change our shock adjustability based on the trim level of the vehicle. So 
an Indy VR1, uh, an Indy XCR, an RMK Chaos. Uh, those represent um, a few of the premium vehicles that we offer that offer the full gamut of suspension adjust adjustability. You know, they've got the handling uh, adjustments that we spoke of on all four shocks, uh, spring preload. But in addition to that, they've got the ride adjustments with clickers on all of the, all four shocks as well. And gives the rider the opportunity to, to really tune every aspect of their, their ride experience. As those trim levels decrease, you may get into a, you know, an NDXC or, you know, a, a, just a ProRMK with monotubes. They may not have clickers and you won't have the ability to tune the ride as well. But you can still adjust uh, handling on any vehicle that we sell, um, any full-size vehicle that we sell. Yeah, every, every single one of our vehicles comes with the ability to adjust for rider weight. We, we don't sell any vehicles that don't have spring adjustment to, to get you into the, uh, to a tune for a light rider or a heavy rider. Yeah, the other one that is probably important to note, too, is the vehicles, like I said earlier, are kind of adjusted to the center of our population. But you, you know, if you're a, a really light rider or a heavier rider, you may need to purchase optional springs. And uh, those will be available and called out in your manual if you do fall into into one of those categories that your manual calls out. So you mentioned rider weight there. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. How do different loads affect both the ride and the handling of the snowmobile? Uh, it's really important if uh, you buy accessories or carry a passenger that you take that into account when you're setting up your vehicle. Make sure you refer to your manual to to see what spring options we have for for sure for adding a passenger. But it's really easy to add 30 or 40 pounds of cargo to your vehicle um, without realizing it. And the vehicle may not handle like it did before you added that. And with all of our lock and write accessories these days, it's it's really quick to add a bunch of weight and change the handling characteristics of your vehicle. Yeah, definitely agree. And and. The other one that you should kind of keep in mind is you may have a vehicle that you're switching between, you know, one up or two up. Keep in mind that your vehicle, as you're making those changes, you're going to want to consider how how that affects the balance of the vehicle. Um, if your vehicle is set up perfectly for you as a solo rider, and then you quickly lock in that lock and ride flex M2 seat, put a passenger on the back of the sled you need to be you know of course start you know make the necessary adjustments and and ride slowly at first right uh to to get comfortable with not only the 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 change in the in the ride and handling but also just the general added mass uh you're going to need you need to slow down more for corners you're going to need to brake earlier uh etc so in addition to the suspension changes, just adding that, that mass is going to, ha- you're going to have to change the way you ride a little bit, of course. Well, I think that's a pretty good primer on suspension adjustments. Gents, thank you so much for the conversation and thanks for all that knowledge. Well, thank you. Yeah, no problem, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Matt, and thank you, Mike. And thanks to all of you for downloading, listening, and subscribing. We'd like to extend a special welcome to any first-time listeners out there. 
If you're new, make sure to browse our archives for more tips on snowmobile ownership. Check the description of this episode for some helpful links, including the Polaris Snowmobiles Help Center and the Polaris Snowmobiles YouTube channel. Also look for that Contact Us link, because if you have a question or an idea for a future episode, we want to hear from you. Then stay tuned for future episodes. Until next time, this has been the Polaris Podcast. Hi, you've reached Joe. Sorry I missed your call. Please leave me your name, your number, and a short message, and I'll get right back to you. Thanks, and have a great day. Straight to voicemail. Okay, Joe, you need to tell them that the Polaris Help Center is their first stop for vehicle information, maintenance tips, and how-to videos. All they have to do is look for the Help button in the upper right-hand corner of any Polaris brand website. They also need to remember that all riders should always wear helmets, eye protection, and protective clothing and footwear. Read, understand, and follow their owner's manual. Never ride under the influence of drugs or alcohol. And always ride within the limits of your own abilities and never engage in stunt or exhibition driving. Next time, answer your phone. Okay, bye.